Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. So welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. I've got Ben Robinson, a very, very special guest, um, beating the Premiership team yesterday. How did that feel, by the way? Amazing, yeah. For the second time only in the club's history and uh, the first time we've reached the fourth round. Yeah, awesome. yeah, the Carabao Cup, yeah. You look if anyone in the in the draw, is anyone uh, you're think, rooting for? Uh, I think mostly one clubs in our position would be looking to get a draw with uh, great financial rewards, you know. Yeah. That means being drawn away to one of the big clubs. So yeah. like so, we were last year in the third round against Manchester United. So Yeah, that's a good one. Derby had a good result, the local team. So look, um, I want to get you on because obviously I've known you for a while. Um, we're just talking off air, you know, mm. my first office was literally around the corner from your office, yeah. um, the, the insurance business. So just tell my, my listener a bit about your background, because a lot of listeners, mm. they obviously heard of your journey, but how did it all start off? Where did you start? And let's just build this up and uh, to where you are today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I was a teenager, I um, had several jobs for us at school. I used to cycle home from the um, school in um, Ralston on Dove, uh, from Tutbury to Ralston on Dove, where I lived. Grew up in a council house, working class family, and uh, delivered newspapers and was the village butcher boy for many years, you know, as a 13-year-old, which I did for several years, uh, which was um, obviously a good experience because it meant dealing with adults and uh, um, Rolston was a, a village that was expanding, you know, it was yeah. the days of, of house development there, so um, both the lady that owned the newspaper business and the butcher used to give me an incentive, you know, every new customer that I got onto the books, I uh, received some reward. Um, can't remember what that was, but I think I, um, I think I used to earn, is it um, three and six a week for delivering the newspapers? Well, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more for the, for the, um, for the, for the, for the um, delivering the meat, you know, so it was, uh, so it was good. So during the summer holidays and after school, I used to spend time doing that, you know, and uh, obviously also I was able to save quite a bit of money, you know, so. Yeah. And did you go on to like from from school onto university or any any further education or did you stop at the college? Uh, no, I I, um, I went to the village school. Then I went to Tutbury Secondary Modern School. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I went to night school at the Burn College to get some more O levels um, and started um, in the insurance business in '63. I wanted to work in banking, but um, the banks uh, wouldn't entertain you unless you had the exam results and I got my results at that time, you know, so, yeah. but the insurance company did. So four of us joined the insurance company, brought young trainees, you know, fresh face out of school. Um, and, um, in the couple of years, the company was taken over. I was the lucky one of the four. I was the one that they kept on, you know, so yeah. that's when my insurance career started with a licenses in general insurance company. And obviously in the days when there was ever, there was a pub on every street corner in Burton. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, that's it's nice. changed a lot since obviously <laughs> when you were. And Burton has changed so much. It's a brewery town, predominantly back in the days. And uh, so when you started, you insur- what year did you start your own? So you got some experience in the industry. Yeah, yeah. How many years did so you? I joined the, the, the insurance business in '63. In the 1970, I had an opportunity to join um, uh, one man business um, in, in the high street. Uh, I stayed there for 14 years, '84. Um, in that time. Um, I realised that my future lay elsewhere, having my own business. Yeah. So I could make all the decisions. I could make sure that um, 
any financial rewards, you know, um, I was in control of them, you know. Uh, and so I took the plunge, you know, and left that company and took my three staff with me. And that's how I set my insurance broken business up, Ben Robertson Insurance Consultants in 84, which I sold about was it nine or ten years ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. And when you were, because obviously mentoring is a big thing and I, I, I have mentors, etc. When you you know, took that plunge into taking mm. your own business, because I've done that myself. Mm. Did you have any, like, mentors which you kind of helped you make the decision or guided you? Was there any particular mentor at that particular time? Uh, well, I think, you know, my mentoring started, obviously, with my mum, you know, who, who and my stepfather, Frank, who had strong disciplines about, and that was really about work ethic, you know, yeah. sort of every morning getting up, you know, going in a, in a nice white shirt to the office, you know, and... Uh, and being honest, um, I remember we had a, a shop in the village, um, um, a grocer's shop. And uh, and in the summer, I was there in the summer holidays, and this guy came in one day, and it was the start of ladies' um, tights. Right. And he said, all right, I'm going to bring this stand, ladies' tights. I put it over there. I'll come back in six weeks' time. And um, uh, just pay me for the tights that you've sold, and I'll replace them, you see. Yeah. And my mum said to him, I'm having nothing in this shop that's not paid for. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's been <laughs> yeah. mum's, that was my mum's. Ethics, yeah, ethics, just, just yeah, solid. Yeah. And, and, and at school, I mean, there's, there's some great um, mentors at school uh, who um, took interest in the kids that wanted, you know, to go the extra mile to learn and to to, to talk about opportunities, you know, and, and uh, how life can evolve and what have you. Um and um, and then in, in the insurance business, um, I was fortunate having one or two people that um, gave me lots of help and, and, and encouragement. Um, a guy called Alan Robson who lived in Nottingham. Uh, he um, is my, my boss. And then um, yeah. Ed Liberty, Cassidine Holmes, who was um, in charge of the, the people that worked, uh, represented the company, um, acting as agents or yeah. dealing with... Um, estate agents, accountants, solicitors, um, all, all people that could introduce or companies that could introduce business to the insurance company. You know? So I think that's important that, um, um, so obviously late, in later years, when there was a mentoring scheme yeah. in Burton, I was asked to join that, you know, and, uh, and to helping talk to, to youngsters, you know, about life, life challenges and uh, life disciplines, you know, and... Um, how, if you apply yourself in certain ways, you can get the best results. So, yeah, and in that first year, because first years I think is quite always challenging. What kind of challenges did you have in your first year uh, in your business? Yeah, well, I think in that case, I, I dealt with many of these people for a long time, and uh, they regarded, you know, that 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 they dealt with not the company but me as an individual. Yeah. You know? So, ninety nine percent of the people I dealt with for all those years, they. It was, it was a no-brainer for them just to come but with relationship, me, you know. And, uh, um, and the challenges are, obviously, that um, establishing, you know, um, the, the overheads, you know, what overheads like renting premises and everything else. And it was a gamble. The gamble was whether enough of my clients would sign the letter, yeah, you know, and prepare to follow me, you know. And, yeah. and I was fairly confident they would because, obviously, you deal with people over many years, so they... They see what you stand for, you know, um, whether, you know, how reliable you are, how professional you are, you know. And the thing is with insurance, obviously, is that people take out insurance, you know, for whatever reason, uh, whatever it may be for, and um, they never get to see the value of it. And that's the that's right. claim. And that's when, obviously, that's when it's important that, um, you know, you, you, you have a satisfied client who can see the value of insurance, you know, because 
Insurance is buying peace of mind, isn't it? That's right, you know, yeah. And hoping that nothing happens, you know. So. Yeah, well, that's the best thing. Is if you don't use it, it's a good thing, really, because mm. you're not have to call upon it. And if you do life insurance, yeah. it's it's one of the things you don't want to really use. Mm. But it's mm. a backup, isn't it, just yeah. in case something happens. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you did the business side. And it's interesting about mentoring. You mentioned and a lot of people now, young entrepreneurs and people going to business, they want the quick fix. Mm. You know, you'd actually work in the industry itself, build mm. some relationships up. Mm. I did it in recruitment and it made it a lot easier to make mm. that transition because mm. you knew what was coming. Mm. And that's why I think mentoring is important. If you haven't got the experience, try and get someone else's experience mm. and they've been there and done it. Mm. And that can probably guide you yeah. a lot easier through business. Cool. So with that business, do you say you sold it? You sold the business? Or? Yeah, about nine years ago, yeah. yeah. And how did that come about? Um, I think the thing was, obviously, it's time of life, uh, an opportunity, uh, and uh, I um, kept the other business, financial services business, which I still have, and which uh, every day I go into the high street, you know, to, yeah. to, um, to work on that business. So I just think the timing of it, you know, and I think the thing is that obviously if you talk to people in the... Um, the industry that um, there's been an, um, a lot of changes. You know, you 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 ring up, you know, for a quote, and uh, everything's re- obviously understandable. Everything's recorded. There's a, yeah. this procedure that they've got to go through, and uh, lots of red tape. So I didn't sell it because of the red tape. I just felt that my time of life that uh, it was the time to do that and carry on with the financial services and also the football club as well. It was at the time when the, the football club, it was around the Manchester United time in 2005. Yeah. You know, and, um, and well, it was January 6th when we played them in the cup. Um, that I felt that that was the time, you know, to um, to, to sell it and, and uh, develop the football club, really, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So go to the football club, because I know a lot of the listeners, um, they've heard of you. And they probably don't know the story, you know, obviously how it all started. How did that come back? Because I can remember <clears throat> years ago, Gresley Rovers, Burton Albion, the lower leagues, you know, seeing Burton there and suddenly this amazing rise. Mm. And coming here, seeing this stadium here for Burton, mm. God, it's such an achievement. So yeah. how did it all start? You know, mm. did you get involved from day one or did you take over? Because the club's been going a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I um I had a, a two, uh, two clients who were in the plastics business, a guy called Norman Hyde, who sadly passed away, and Jeff Salt, <clears throat> Jeff um, and his wife Hazel. Um, they, they stayed on after, uh, after Norman came off the board, and um, they were insurance clients of mine, you know. And um, so every Christmas we'd have a lunch, Christmas lunch, and then one day they said to me, you know, you're interested in sport, Ben, you've got an insurance business involving dealing with lots of people in the town, you know, and um, be a great to link up, you know, and use your connections to um, develop commercial side of the football club, you know, sponsorship, yeah. whatever. So uh, so that was in 2004. And I remember, you talk about Rosary Rovers, that I remember going to watch Burton Albion with my friend Jeff at the Moat Ground play in a, an FA Cup replay, yeah. which I think Burton won, I think 1-0. Um, um, and then the following February, um, 75, I joined the board. And then the following year, um, the chairman, Tom Bradbury, who decided, you know, obviously he was getting on Tom, was he felt that, you know, he wanted somebody else to do the ship. So he stepped down and they asked me to take on. I thought, well, I'm 31 years of age. It's a bit soon. So yeah. I said, I'll, 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 be, I'll be acting chairman, you know, and, uh, and then I was, went on to be acting chairman. <laughs> I'm the best. And what, what year was that in then? So that was... That, that was December... Uh, uh, that was December '76. Yeah. And what league were it? What league were you in? The Southern League, yeah. So that in so people don't know the non-league structure. Where yeah. would that be? Would that be 
obviously blown on league. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you've got, obviously you've got the Premier League, yeah. Championship, yeah. League One, Two, um, the Football Conference, Conference yeah. um, with, with the Premier League and the, and the North and South. All right, and then beyond that, you've wow. got the Southern League, you've got the, um, the Northern Premier League and the Eastman League that feed into into that system, you know. So, and so we, we play in the Southern League, you know, I remember travelling down to Margate on a wet, cold Tuesday night. Yeah, in front of a few hundred fans. So that that's that's um, that was back in seventy five, you know, and seventy five, seventy six, and um, I mean, for me, it's been a great journey because I've been fortunate. I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate to work with some great people, and um, you know, especially managers, you know, yeah. and, uh, over many many years, you know, and, and they've all made um, a very special contribution, each in their own way, you know, so. When you came to the Grand, without counting the tiers, 11 tiers down from the, the top, top level, which is the Premiership, did you, when you took it over that team manager, uh, chairman, did you ever vision to get where we are now, you know, where you're sitting with a champion, well, what is championship, when are you going down? But no, not at all. What was the vision? Was it just, yeah. let's see how well, it goes? The, the thing was, that at that time, um, the talk was that the town of Burton used to have several league clubs, you know, yeah. sadly, and the last one went bust uh, nineteen forty uh, something other. Okay. Yeah, uh, forty six was it, and uh, forty seven. And um, the town was big enough to support a football league club. Um, so at the back of one's mind was, you know, let's see one day if we can get into the football league. But it was, it was really a dream, really a pipe dream, you know, uh, because the uh, obviously um, in the football league you've got you've got have a certain minimum certain ground facilities yeah. you know uh, and it's a whole different structure you know but um, that was that that was you know the back of one's mind you know uh, that um, maybe that one day it can happen so so what did we do we you know we, we had a group of directors you know um, in, the, in those days no one owned the club um, the, 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 when the club was formed in 1950 um, there was um, or 10,000 uh, the capital was um, five thousand pounds, that twenty-five p shares, and then yeah. increased to ten thousand twenty-five p shares. And then um, during my break from the club, it, the, the, the directors then increased it uh, another five thousand to fifteen thousand um, yeah. share capital. You know, so we, we just worked hard. We used our connections, you know, and we had some obviously um, exciting times. Um, you know, and um, we had great cut runs under. Um, in Story Moore, uh, was an amazing player manager. Uh, Neil Warnock, um, again, some cup runs, great cup runs with him, you know, yeah. winning the Bass Cup at um, uh, Manchester City's old ground at Main Road. Um, and um, and then uh, in, was it, I think it was in December 84, I, um, uh, December 83, I, Came off. I sat on the board, but I stood down as chairman, and Bill Royal took over from me because I needed to set up my own business. I needed to to to, um, to leave the insurance broker that I'd been working with yeah. as a junior partner because I wasn't happy with the um, conditions. I leave it at that, <laughs> and um, to set my own business up. And I just wanted to be able to concentrate on that. So, so, and then I stayed on the board till '86, and I came off the board in '86, and then went back in June '95 when Stan Clark. Uh, bought the club yeah um, obviously and Stan's plans didn't materialise because he wanted to build a new ground and, uh, and the council took a vote lost by one vote so um, 
I um, I got some people together and we we bought Stan shares, bought the club from him in ninety January January ninety seven ninety seven was it yeah <laughs> okay yeah. yeah. So then, um, from the, so did you run the club a bit like a business then? Because obviously, Brig coming in, and then obviously, get, I suppose it runs like a business, though, right? The football clubs these days have come today. And the reason mm. we're sticking the change rooms is because mm. all your rooms are booked out with corporate stuff. Mm. Um, do you think you find a difference there? Because the chairmen these days obviously get a lot of money from foreign investment. Mm. Do you think your key to success was running it like a business and making sure everything's done in that kind of way to keep sustain the growth of the club? Yeah, well, I think the reality of it, but I mean, is the fact that um, none of us have, have you know, um, we know we've um, done well in business, but you would never, you wouldn't describe any of us as, as multimillionaires. So, so you know, we've we've always been grounded, and uh, we've always tried to to stay within a certain financial framework, you know, and uh, um, and built the, 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 the you know built the club up, you know, gradually. Um, but um, you've really got to live, give a lot of the credit for where we are today to Nigel Clough, you know, because uh, <clears throat> in, um, uh, what was it, what year was it, uh, 90, my memory's going, you see, 95, 95, and um, Nigel um, uh, finished his career in league football yeah. and uh, decided to start here at Burton. Uh, yeah. yeah, so not 95, sorry, 98, sorry, I think it was 98. Um, 98 and um, and when he came you know he, he put the, the town and the team on the map you know and uh, lots of companies climbed on board to support us you know with the name with the famous Clough name and obviously yeah. Nigel an ex-single international you know and a great ambassador you know and um, so that was the, that was the start of the club's journey really and uh, so it was during Nigel's time that we um, in fact it was his suggestion to me that I approached Pirelli to buy the land to build the stadium, you know, so, um, and you look back, you know, it's what a phenomenal journey. Yeah. And of course in 2009, he, um, he left to go to Derby, didn't he? You know? Yeah. Um, I thought he did pretty well though, to be honest, but you know, it's, it's, things happen, you know, what can you do? But I, I thought he did well because it was challenging times to go to Derby at that particular time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think, I think the disappointment there was that, um, uh, Nigel was, you know, he had the task of, Reducing the wages bill considerably because yeah. uh, it got out of hand, and probably even reducing it by getting on for fifty percent, you know. Yeah. And despite that, you know, he, he achieved some success with them, you know. And uh, but but this is you know without wishing to not Derby County, which I'm going to do, I suppose. Um, <laughs> not the current management, obviously, but yeah. days gone by that. Yeah. You see, you know, so many clubs who don't give the managers time, you know. And, no, that's right. And certainly, Nigel's case then was that you know. Um, I'm sure that the fans recognised I was spoken to at the time that he did a remarkable job under very different conditions, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, having to cut the wages bill to that extent, uh, but still achieving, you know, um, success. And similarly, when he moved on to Sheffield United, the same, you know. Yeah. So. And it's frustrating as a manager when you leave and somebody else comes and they spend a lot of money and then you're trying to stop it. And then mm. it's just the way football is at times, isn't it? It's just the yeah, way it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with Burton now being obviously the rise, what, what is your highlight? Um, what was a, if you could put one big highlight, I know you've recently posted the My United, um, I think it was on your Facebook, My yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. But went there. But yeah, yeah. what would be a, a big highlight for you? you yeah, know? well, I think, I think the thing about the Manchester United game was obviously um, every club dreams of playing Manchester United 
uh, particularly in the FA Cup, because they know, you know, it's going to be like winning the pools, you know. Yeah. Because, so in November 2005, um, Alex Ferguson came with a team to officially open the stadium, along with Dominic Sandovashi, the chairman of Prelli, and um, Nigel's mum, you know, Mrs. Barbara Clough came. And, uh, and then lo and behold, you know, tremendous success and win the conference then. Um, we uh, got through to the third round of the FA Cup, which the club haven't achieved many yeah. times in its history. And um, we got the draw that everybody wanted at home, Manchester United, 6,000 fans. Um, we got a remarkable draw, and that was, I think it was shown on uh, Sky. Yeah. Uh, when one of our fans posted the clip, you know. And yeah, then, yeah, it's and good. I think they used it when we played them in the, in the League Cup last year, you know. So we got a, a draw, and then obviously the, the replay, 53,000 fans. Old Trafford, we took a record number, 11,000 fans, 126 it's coaches amazing, went yeah. there, you know. Um, and the thing about that was that obviously we built the stadium and um, um, and despite, you know, um, our best efforts, yeah. we, we we ended up with a, with a debt, you know. Well, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to name anybody in particular, but yeah. there was an overspend, you know, which came as a big shock. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say. Cause if you said, look, we're, you know, we're selling the land for X, Y, Z, for housing, you know, and we don't want to build a, a pink elephant or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, and um, we've got to stay within this financial figure, and that didn't happen anyway. So the United game, we made, what, between £800 million, whatever it was, and uh, so that wiped out the debt. So that's got to be the most important aspect because it, um, you, can, you can imagine that um, um, that put the club in a much stronger financial yeah. position, you know. And we spent £7.4 million pounds on acquiring the land and building the stadium, you know, yeah. in 2005. So uh, um, it, um, it was... That's interesting you're saying that because I'm, I'm looking at the clip. I, they put the clip to you, didn't they? Yeah. And that relief on you, you know, yeah. the excitement. Now you're telling me this, it's like yeah, yeah. it all well, comes was, together. That was, yeah, that was right. We, you know, when we, when, we, when we drew them, you know, I remember speaking to the guy at the FA and saying, oh, gosh, you know... Um, if only we were playing them away, knowing we'd make a hell of a lot more money. Yeah. And um, the FA weren't very happy. In fact, they sort of made it quite clear to me that, you know, if we if we tried to move it, then we, we probably wouldn't be in the FA Cup ever again. No way. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, and because obviously to the FA, you know, that's just what it's about. It's about David and Goliath and the that's magic right, of yeah. the small clubs, you know, competing against the big clubs, you know. And obviously the, the thing about that clip, as you saw, was that, Rooney and Ronaldo came on, didn't they? Yeah. About 30 minutes to go. They and, did, uh, yeah. um, and we still managed to hold out and uh, get a great draw, nil-nil, and then um, get the replay at Old Trafford. Yeah. You know? And the thing, the, thing, the other thing about Manchester United was, I remember saying to their secretary at the time, Ken, is it Ken Merritt? I think he's retired now. And uh, you have to agree on the replay date, you see. He says, I need to, we need to agree a re replay date, man. I says, replay you know, we, you know, we're going to struggle to win the yeah, first game. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it was all about the television. Right. The fact that, that Manchester United knew that even if we, if we got a draw, that they'd be on the television. And of course, and normally the TV, they, they obviously choose a game. Like the, in that first game, they were hoping for an upset, which there was because we, got, we held them to a draw. And I think, we, I think it was £150,000, the fee then. Wow. So we got £300,000 for two live matches, you know. But the fact was that United more or less knew that, 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 that they were going to be on the telly if we, if we got the draw, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the pulling power of United, obviously, you know. That, um, the club 
Well, the world the, one, the, aren't the they? biggest you know. profile of any club in the world, you know, yeah. and, uh, and with a massive fan base, you know, and it's not just the people that watch the game yeah. at Old Trafford each week. It's um, it's the millions of fans all around the world, yeah, that, you global. know, buying the programs and the memorabilia, you know, and. Uh, if you go down to Thailand, God, I've been a few times and my night shirts are everywhere. Rooney, you know, yeah. like Ronaldo. Um, so, you know, with, with obviously back in the day, you got paid X amount. Now with all these TV deals, mm. are the deals even bigger now? So if you, let's say you've got Arsenal, Tottenham in the next one, mm. or is TV more, even more now compared to what it was when you took uh, Burton Arby into my Yeah, yeah, days? yeah. Well, obviously, the thing is that um, in the football, being a football league club, you uh, you get funding, you know, uh, you get... You, you get um, Solidarity payments from the Premier League yeah. as part of the deal when it when the Premier League was, was set up, and then um, funding through the sponsorship deals from the Football League, you know, um, which is it's obviously it's a hell of a lot more money than the, in the conferences, and million miles apart, you know. Yeah. And you could imagine in the Championship, eighty percent goes not of all the income, but eighty percent of a chunk of the income goes to Championship, twelve percent to League One, and eight percent to League Two, you know. So there's a, there's a big differential there as well, you know. Um, but yes, I mean, the TV, money, the TV money is phenomenal, isn't it? You yeah, know? no, it, it is. It is. And I can remember Burton's rise because Aaron Webster, yeah. he, he does a good servant for the club. But yeah. He was at uh, Derby Boys when I was there. Yeah. So he was at like the younger generation. So, yeah. you know, being from Derby, obviously my business was in Burton in the end. Mm. And it's, we were together near each other. But yeah, he was a great servant and mm. we followed it because of him. He did mm. very well for the club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 14 years, was he? It was quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, I was um, this morning um, clearing out some old files and uh, uh, and I came across Aaron's first contract, you know. So, did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great lad, very talented. Yeah, yeah, and he's working in our charity now. So oh, it's really good. About charity, which is, no, uh, no, we'll, well, yeah, we'll talk about charity then. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think as a club, we've always, you know, um, our agenda has always been to support the community, you know, and uh, what we've seen is that uh, the power of sport, you know, uh, how uh, through sport you can engage, particularly with youngsters, you know, and give them a new focus and help the motivation, uh, which is really important. So we're very proud of our charity, the Midland Community Trust, employs over 40 people, uh, it, it, um, it delivers over 50 projects, um, engages with like eight, over 8,000 people each week, you know, across the community. Uh, working in the primary schools, working with the police and with the health service and on the healthy living and lifestyles, you know. Um, and it's you know, something we're really proud of. And that's why, um, I mean, last year Derby got the award, but the previous two years that uh, our charity was voted the best uh, football league community club wow. from the Midlands club, you know, beating the Aston Villa, Derby, you know, Forest, all the big clubs you want to name. Big you know, boys, so, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and that's why I encourage people to support our club because... Uh, um, our community trust is a big part of what we do. It's so yeah. important. As you drive onto the car park, you probably saw the three G pitch. Yeah, yeah. So the kids playing outside. Yeah. We're just we're just watching it there. And yeah, and next to the building, which is an educational hub, you know, and uh, and that's there for all time for the community to use. Yeah. You know, not the first team; it's a community use. So, and this is it. This is the, the football clubs. You know. Uh, Make, if they choose to, can make a, a big uh, contribution yeah. to their communities, you know, and particularly with embracing the youngsters and, you know, helping with their, you know, with their motivation and their, you know, their... Uh, That's what it's all about, know. the next generation, you know, inspiring them. And I was talking to the lady on reception and she was, I was just saying, look, how lucky is Burton to have this? Mm. You know, I can remember back in the days, the old ground, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. all this stadium, you've got the community trust now. 
it's really good stuff, you know, mm, and yeah, uh, it's yeah. come very quickly because you did it in such a good yeah. short space of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like today, you said today, didn't you, that um, we're, we're doing this interview here in the, in the away dressing room simply because um, all all the boxes and all the all the facilities are in use today, which is fantastic, you know, and uh, um, and also we've built up, you know, if I can just give it a plug, a great reputation for food. You know, people talk about the. Ex- I've been here on Christmas party. Just- Great event, by the way. Yeah. You do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the food's amazing, you know. We've got some great chefs uh, headed by uh, Lee Parry, uh, and uh, uh, they're doing a, a great job, you know. And um, we encourage charities to have events here. We've got special rates, and we, we give them special rates for the hospitality and also support their fundraising, you know, with um, auction raffle prizes, yeah. you know. No, so, I... so, so, is it, so the Pret Stadium is really part of the community, you know, and... Uh, you know, and that's why I encourage people to embrace that, you know, and that theme and that spirit. Yeah, it's a great place. Like I said, we had our Christmas parties here and uh, it, it was an amazing time and all the businesses get together, yeah, yeah. which is a good thing. Going back, so great story, Ben. You know, mm. obviously I've known you for quite a while mm. now. With regards to running a business, because I don't see many chairmen, you know, in speech, how would you compare running a business compared to running a football club? Is there any like, you know, I know you've got charity, but is, is it, you know, we see all these chairmen, but what's, yeah, the, yeah. what's the difference? Yeah. Well, obviously, in any business, the, the biggest factor is your, is your wage bill, isn't it? You know, yeah. and uh, with in, in, you know, in a, in a business, you can go out and invest whatever you want fifty thousand, quarter million pounds on a piece of machinery that's going to produce uh, these products, and then you're going to get your salesman to go out and, and and sell those products, you know. And and if you know your market, you know that that's going to work. Yeah. And you're going to make a profit out of that, you know. Um, obviously, in football, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously. Um, we're not a rich, wealthy club, and we've only spent serious money. And, and if Nigel was here, he'd, he'd laugh actually because it's not serious money. <laughs> because um, you, you know, if you look at the clubs in the Championship, they were spending multi millions, and we spent yeah. like half a million pounds on Liam Boyce, for example. You know, who was a great signing, well, top goal scorer, you yeah. know, in Scotland at the time. You know, you see. So um, you know, obviously, um, so you, you invest in a team, and and, and you, you know, you hope the players stay fit. You know, and, uh, and obviously that's where the manager's skill comes in, you know, which is mm-hmm. selecting the uh, the team within the financial um, uh, budget and framework that you can, uh, that you, can um, you know, um, uh, apply. So, uh, yeah, so I think that you, you try and sort of, you know, stay grounded in terms of what you spend and occasionally you, you, you push the boat out and speculate a little bit in the hope that you're going to get a financial return because... As you've seen, you know, um, occasionally in the cups, yeah, you know, if you, if you get a cup run and, and you draw certain clubs, then um, you know, like last year we played Manchester United in the League Cup, we made half a million. Yeah, you see, you know, and uh, wins there. You see, so but um, but many of the disciplines that apply in day to day business are the same. You know, you obviously motivating your staff, you know, to go out there and deliver, maintaining high standards, you know, of service and quality. Yeah. Um, but um, but with a football club, you know, you've you've it's obviously it's what happens in the ninety minutes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and uh, and also that's why the time factor is important. That you know we had a slow start to the season, uh, several new faces in the team, some weren't fully fit, you know, and now we've seen four amazing performances, you know, and uh, Nigel's got the team well. Yeah, but it came last night. The Sawyer's beat. Um, Sawyer's winning the FA Cup against Burnley, you know. And it was amazing in football. And then I saw on Facebook some fans when we we beat Wimbledon three 0 and Aston Villa. They 
they were liking the team's performance to watch it, like watching Brazil, they said, you know. That's good. And, um, and, the, and they meant it. Yeah, know, yeah. So. Played some good football. You yeah, know? It's, it's yeah, good, good, yeah. To, good to have that. That's what I like of you, Ben. You're so humble. You know, I was looking at the championship statistics, you know, last year. And, you know, Burton's a community club. Mm. You know, um, I think it was um, Cardiff, 1.3 billion. Mm. QPR, 7 billion. Mm. Now, these got money they can just push in and do out yeah. and you've managed to run it like a bit like a small business in a mm. way you've got to watch your edge you've yeah, got to yeah. make sure everything's mm. balances because at the end if you don't balance it then everyone's out of a, mm. a job and all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. now it's been, it's been a really good journey yeah. and I've really enjoyed yeah. that yeah. Um, is there so we're, we're back to mentoring you, you do mentoring as well um, mm. what kind of value do you you know when you say mentoring what kind of what does it mean to you and how have you seen it change people's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think with mentoring, it's to share, you know, one's experience, you know, and it's sort of, the message really is values, you know, about values in life, you know, and uh, like, you know, you can say to youngsters, well, you know, in life really that there's almost anything, almost anything you can achieve if you apply yourself and if you're prepared to work really, really hard, not just for the moment, yeah. for the day, but each and every day, you know. Um and I think that's the it really it's the it's the it's the, it's the mindset the attitude of working hard and being honest you know and uh, and uh, embracing the, the job and the challenges you know and we say well you know that uh, you know that those aren't problems they're challenges you know that's sure. the way to look at it you know and uh, so um, that's um, that's important I think those um, that approach is important yeah and I think to be as you know mentoring with all the internet social media it's great. But I think actually meeting somebody and talking to them, mm. the energy you get, yeah, 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 and yeah. you know, I think that's so important. We're kind of missing that bit, and yeah. that's why I'm trying to bring this back through yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. and meeting people. Mm, yeah, and I think you know, in business, obviously, you know, is to one of the factors is is um, is know the opposition. You know, make sure you suss the the, comp- the competition, fully evaluate the competition, see what you're up against, and see you know how you can challenge their market. You know, yeah, and uh, and uh, and win the business. Cool. Before we go to some quick questions from the listeners, if I could ask you three tips in your business journey, um, what would they be? So if someone's listening now, what tips would you like to give them? Um, I think one of the things is when you, is, is dealing with people, you know, to, to, to um, clearly um, establish the people you can trust, you know, because we all know in life you meet people. Some people out there will help you for no reason other than that they, they, they genuinely want you to see you progress and do well. Uh, some people see it as an opportunity with their own agenda, you know. So yeah. I think it's sussing people and, and, and establishing the, the people that you can trust that are going to give you advice in your best interest, you know, yeah. with no, you know, ulterior motives, you know. And uh, I think working hard and being honest to yourself, you know. Um, you know, so when you put your head down at the pillow at night, you know, you... Uh, Okay, we've always we all had sleepless nights, you know. Yeah. When, uh, I remember in the early days um, when I um, took over the club as chairman in the early days. You know, we we had a meeting like every fortnight with a the manager then of the National Westminster Bank. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, because the club had, a, had built up a debt, you know, and uh, uh, we're trying to deal with that, you know, and uh, um, so um, I think that's important important to to be yourself and not to pretend to be something else, you know. Yeah. And also getting the right advice as well. Yeah. Because people have the agendas, like you said, you know, taking the right mm. advice, getting the right mentor, because you get the wrong advice, it's just mm. as powerful as getting the right advice That's to it, bring yeah, you down. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So very, some very quick questions from, from some of the listeners. Um, so one guy, I think you've answered this, but you said, you know, you've got an amazing record for bringing people into the first job, Neil Warnock, Nigel Clough, Gary Rower, Jimmy Fulhasselbank. How do you do that? You know, because 
these managers have, like you've picked the creme de la creme, is anything you look for them? Is any, there's a, there's a good number of managers you've bought and they've stayed and done really well. Mm, yeah, I think um, one of the difficult sides of running the business is interviewing people. Yeah. You know, um, because you can, inter- you know, you can interview people who come over on that day as quite brilliant, you know, and uh, tick all the boxes and, and answer all the, you know, the, the questions that you want them to answer, you know, and then, then they've got to, you give them a job and they've got to come and deliver, you know, each day, work hard and, you know, achieve results, you know, so, so I think that, well, the, the, it, there's this term like gut feeling or sussing people, yeah. you know, and I think that, that it's just a feel for people really, you know, and, uh, and I just, I, listen, I think I've been very lucky. You know, I don't think I've got any secret formula yeah. <laughs> employing managers, but yeah. I, I certainly am patient. And, and obviously one reason why I've been successful is we'll let the managers manage and not interfere. Yeah. You know, people say to me on a Saturday, what's the team today, Ben? I say, I haven't got a clue. I'll yeah. find out what the team is when I get the team, team sheet, the same as you will, you know, yeah. that's it. So, so um, and I, I think it's, it's just a feel for people. Uh, but as I say, I think I've been very fortunate. So I, I can't give you a list of... Um, of, of pointers um, yeah. really um, you know and um, I mean in the case of you know Neil Warnock um, Neil was hard working character a great man manager you know who uh, would jump into his car at midnight to drive to Land's End or wherever to, to sign a player yeah. you know um, and you can see that you can see that and uh, how successful you know um, he, he, he was always going to be as a manager um, uh, Gary Ryan, obviously, he, he was Paul Pesciolito's uh, assistant, you know. Yeah. And uh, and Gary's a very shrewd guy, you know. Uh, well, they're all shrewd. But, yeah, yeah. You know, they're all shrewd, so he's a shrewd guy. And um, um, very focused, knowledgeable. Obviously, he's been to all the coaching processes, you know. Uh, and um, so so that's why when, obviously, Paul went, that I gave him the opportunity to stood by yeah. him and did really well. Um, Jimmy Floyd, you know, we interviewed Jimmy Floyd twice and he had this vision of the game, how the game should be played and, yeah. you know, he's a large in life character, I remember. And, <laughs> and uh, we're still, obviously, still good friends. And yeah. I remember, um, we look, I mean, for example, when um, Jimmy came, his first day of training, this guy wanted to do a, an interview and, yeah. uh, uh, and he said he was too focused on the game. Anyway, yeah. so... <laughs> I never go to training, rarely, probably three or four times in all the years. But that day I went up and, um, and then uh, I said, Jimmy, you, you need to do this interview because yeah. it's important, a little club. Yeah. It's important, the exposure, you see. Uh, which, which he did, which he did. And then uh, I remember him, he looked up and uh, he saw this big bird uh, above the tree line, you see. And uh, he said, uh, Mr. Chairman, said, that's a big bird, what's that? I said, it's a buzzard, Jimmy. I said, didn't you have buzzers in Holland? Yeah, yeah. He said, not the I can recall. <laughs> so I said, I'll let you into a secret, Jimmy. All my life I've studied, well, two of the things I've studied is oology yeah. and um, ornithology. Right, so, yeah. So he turned to his assistant, David Alpha, and said, the chairman studies oology. Because <laughs> he thought it was something else. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you look at that. So, yeah. so I tell that story because obviously uh, all these four guys were great guys. All yeah. to you, but... And, Obviously, um, Jimmy had a great sense of humour, you know, and uh, and um, he, he inherited Gary Rowett's team, you know, um, and then um, got the promotion from. He did really well. He did really well. Yeah, you know, he took and, um, 
and and and, and obviously Nigel, you know, um, that um, special relationship. We worked together for a long, long time, yeah, yeah. you know, and a very clever man. I remember we um, and the team coach, uh, one of my directors, we say he was the only one with the IQ to complete the, the Telegraph crossword. <laughs> so yeah. this day we were playing Oldham in the FA Cup um, when we were in non-league, so we driving at the motorway. And this particular day, um, there was one clue left, 12 across, and uh, um, which they couldn't get. So 20 to 3 in the boardroom at uh, Oldham, the phone ring gets Nigel saying, Tell John the answer to 12 across is. So, uh, no, yeah. so Nigel's a. Um, it, it's, it, it, you've got to give him that, the. the, the, um, the, 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 the fans should owe him so much yeah, in the definitely. town because. You know, he, he um, the Prelly Stadium is here because of him. Yeah. Know? And if you look at the success, success that he's brought the club, you yeah, know, um, over so many, many seasons, stayed loyal to us as well, you know, and embraced the community. You know, I remember a time when we played Crawley. We were playing Crawley on a Saturday and the game was called off because their pitch was waterlogged. And that the hand, the, the, it was called off before the set off, you know, and uh, that night he was due to go to uh, Swandencote to um, attend some... Some family, the guy there was like 90 and he was a big Clough fan, I might be, and, and he still went. Yeah. You know, the, the idea was he'd, he'd come back, get off the coach and go over there and, 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 and do his bit, you know, and uh, even though the game was off and he got all afternoon with his family, he still went and did that. Yeah. You know, so, and as Nigel, very shrewd guy, great coach, you know, and uh, uh, gets the team playing, you know, with a great spirit and... Uh, you can see that with the results yeah. that he's achieved. You know? No, he's done really well. And look, sometimes Burns had so much success, and I talk about gratitude. Sometimes you forget where you come from. Because you're so high up there, you just, yeah. you've got to realise Burton came, we've slowly got yeah. the leagues, and now... Well, when Nigel came, he, had, he was driving a big Mercedes, and uh, he, you know, um, and he, um, he got rid of it because he didn't think that that was the right image for a little non-league club, you know, yeah. so... Uh, Shows what kind of character he yeah, is, you know. Yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. To... Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. Cool. So I think the, the last question, very quickly. Um, yeah, I think we've answered. The one was about patience. Yeah. About keeping patience. Yeah, and yeah. Do you think one of the key things is now football's lost up where chairmen don't give the time to managers? Do you think you back off a little bit where you let the managers, you know, get on running a football club, whereas now you're getting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, you, you know, you... Um, you appoint a manager to do a job and the only aspect I would get, get involved in is the financial side, you know, in terms of dealing with the agents or, or the player's contract. Uh, if the manager asks me to get involved, that's what I do, you know. Um, but, you know, and, and I'll give you another example of that. I remember uh, when Gary was a manager, we played Chesterfield at Chesterfield and um, they were flying, Chesterfield were then, you know. Uh, this would be in League Two, I think, and League Two, yeah. And... Um, um, Gary played this player, I won't name it this player, but this player yeah. was a striker and he, he you know, he could score goals, but he a bit lazy, you know. Uh, you know, he didn't deliver week in, week out, you know. So I turned to one of my directors and I would only say yeah, yeah. this to a director, not yeah. and I said, Gosh, Gary's playing so and so, he was a lone striker up front on his own. Oh, yeah, yeah. That surprised me, so anyway, this guy, this yeah. player, he scored two goals. <laughs> And we beat we beat um, Chesterfield two 0 at Chesterfield. Yeah. And I said I said to my, to John Williams, my director, I said that proves it. You see that you yeah, know, should get involved. Yeah, you know that that proves the point. There's only one yeah. thing that matters. It's managing. It's me thinking, well, yeah, well, not questioning, but just surmising why Gary did produce this formation of play. Yeah. And, like, and he scored two goals. And and I mean, you know, I know it's a simple example, but that's 
It's a pretty good example, really, as to why yeah. you should leave the managers to get yeah. on. And, 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 but I never have. I've never interfered in all the years in, in, in any way, shape or form. With the There's department. a secret. There's a secret. Don't get too involved, you know, yeah. with your managers. Yeah. We've come to the end of the interview. I want to thank you so much. We asked mentors, you know, mentors is a mm. programme or whatever. Yeah. Is there any mentors you want to shout out? Anyone that you've really influenced in your life? Um, you don't have to mention me, sorry. <laughs> well, the number, you know, I mean, I say I can go back from my school days, yeah. you know, and then when I started work uh, and, and through friendships, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's a number. There's, I wouldn't really like to choose one person because there's a number of people. Too many there. to mention. There is, yeah, yeah, there is. And I think the thing is important, you know, for youngsters to, to look around them and obviously listen to the parents and then look at the people as well, um, that have got experience of life, you know, particularly in certain fields, uh, and uh, and go to them, you know, uh, for, for some good, sound advice, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ben. I know you've been busy. Uh, thank you for the interview. Okay. Good. All right. Was that okay? That's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Okay. It's not Sammy, are you? Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ben. Really appreciate okay, it. Cheers. And we'll pack up and get out of here.